Thought Bubble Audio. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks. We're two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is the Living Dynasty. The royal one-man family. Frank, how are you today? Doing my royal wave. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Your wave's pretty good. Thank you. I watched Your wave's the, pretty good. I watched The Princess Diaries. I, I, know, I know what I'm doing. Cool. I remember I went on tour um, in England um, a couple of years ago, and they talked about the royal, the royal wave and, like, how people do it versus how you're actually supposed to do it and like what people think it is and all that stuff. And they said, what it really is, you have to imagine that you have a light bulb in your hand and you're unscrewing it from like the top, like, like a ceiling light and you're unscrewing the, the light over and over. So do I have and to like open my fingers? Actually, do I have to like open my fingers to like... Yeah, there's yeah. like a particular way you have to hold your hand like huh. you're holding the light bulb, like your thumb's over here and the rest of your fingers are on the other side and huh. you're twisting the light bulb out of its socket or screwing it in either way, I guess. Fascinating. Yeah, I, fascinating indeed. What I'm sure will also be fascinating to me and to maybe our listeners is what beer you're drinking. I'm drinking one that I'm actually kind of uh, excited about. Um, I uh, am enjoying a Narragansett Autocrat Coffee Milk Stout. Narragansett, that's near me. I know, I know. Yeah, people would make fun. Of, people would make fun of you for drinking a Narragansett. Just I, so you know, it's too. Yeah, it's too basic. <laughs> but um, but it's the Autocrat Coffee Milk Stout. So um, it is uh, is a fl- is a flavored stout with coffee added. And, um, I guess, so this is a thing that I am not, um, super familiar with. Tim, you probably are more familiar with it than I am because you grew up in New England. But, um, I guess Autocrat is a brand of coffee syrup. And Mm -hmm. coffee syrup. That is correct. Coffee syrup is a thing. Not even, that's not even really, that's, that's, yes, that is correct. It is. Coffee syrup is not a New England thing. It's a Southern Massachusetts, Rhode Island thing. Actually, it's even it's even more specific. So I thought it was all of New England. Oh, that's so interesting because I went to high school. Like, so I grew up in Southern Mass, and I went to high school with people who grew up in like what is not considered Southern Mass and didn't know what it was. Interesting. Like. They like they was like like they even just like even just like forty five minutes away didn't reach that area, huh? 
That's fascinating. Man. So I'm really I'm really curious how it made its way to Maine, but it actually it's a thing from Rhode Island originally. So it's basically like coffee syrup. I mean like chocolate syrup, but it's coffee flavored syrup instead and you put it in milk so you make coffee milk. But if you go to places that don't know what you're talking about like you said oh I want some coffee milk, people are like so you want coffee with milk. And you're like no, no, I want coffee milk. It's a different thing. It's like chocolate. Milk. It's delicious. It's that's right. Or a strawberry milk or, you know, like any one of those, like, like, yeah, right. Any one of those. But coffee milk is superior to all of them. Ooh, okay. Just so everyone knows. Just to um, be clear. You know, the other ones are fine. The other ones are fine. I mean, chocolate milk is great and, you know, all that stuff. But coffee milk is something something that everybody can enjoy forever and not feel like a child. Okay, fair. Yeah, you know, there comes an age where you're like, can I have chocolate milk anymore? Is that allowed? Right. <laughs> yeah, true. True. It does become like... Is you can have hot chocolate. Yeah, sure. Is sure. still appropriate? Yeah. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. adult hot chocolate. Yeah, but anyway, tell me about tell me about Autocrat, because that sounds really good. Yeah. It's so like it the is, beer. The yeah. beer you're drinking. Yes, it is. So yeah, Autocrat is, is one of the brands of, of coffee syrup, and uh, they have, be, being a, a, uh, a Rhode Island... Um, Company they have partnered with Narragansett, also a Rhode Island company, and they um, are making this coffee milk stout, which I first discovered. I think it was last year, or maybe the year before. I think it's seasonal, um, and uh, mm, it's very, very good. It's a very, very delicious um, coffee stout that I, I very much enjoy. So when I uh, I saw this, I just knew I had to grab some and uh, and enjoy it because um, it's a fun it's a fun little treat. So is it sweet? Because like coffee milk is sweet, like chocolate milk or anything like that. So I'm curious if this, you know, because this is obviously based on the coffee syrup and not regular coffee. Right. It's um, it's not overly sweet. No, um, it's it's smooth and kind of dark, like a like almost like a dark roast. Um, and it um, it does have a little bit of a sweet like you know aftertaste or it's, it's sweet on the back of the palate or whatever but but it's not um hit you in the face sweet it's not like a like a chocolate stout or something where you would immediately be like oh yeah this is this is sweet it's more of a coffee flavor first um with a little hint of sweetness on the back yeah i uh, get you it's uh it's quite it's quite quite good um what are you enjoying today um, I am I am finishing up one of the last two beers in my fridge, so it's not special or anything. But I'm just kind of I'm just whittle. I told myself I have to drink the ones that are there before I go get new ones. Sure. Um, you know, you know that's the even if it's not thematically correct to whatever we're talking about. Like you just gotta sometimes you just gotta drink the beer that's there. So I'm drinking in a uh, I'd say in opposition to your. Autocrat, mm-hmm. I am drinking a Sam 76 because <laughs> democracy. There you go. Yeah. There's the. I like yeah. It. So, anyway, I thought, yeah, indeed, indeed, because today, obviously, we're talking about the American Revolution, Frank. Let's. In a way. Um, uh, yeah, in a way. And we're, we're, de- we're talking about, I mean, I guess not someone who. Is actually an autocrat, but uh, someone whose ancestors used to be. Um, 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, the, it's tenuous. So anyway, so let's just let's just jump straight to the point. Frank, you finally watched The Crown. It's been on for four seasons, and the world has been telling you to watch it for four seasons, and you finally made it. Congratulations. Finally, Tell me your feelings. Finally made it. Um, I love it. I love it. I binged all four seasons of it in 12 days. Uh, that's amazing. That's, that's like I'm episodes. in college and I can have time to watch TV yeah. like yeah. time. Pandemics will do that. Um, I uh, mm. It is 40 episodes in 12 days. So that's three and a third episodes per day, which on a, yeah, like three or four. I watched three or four per day. Um, you know, it, it, part of that was like there was a long weekend in there and, and there was um, there was some time off around around Thanksgiving and stuff. But yeah, um, watched all of The Crown. I have been wanting to watch it, actually. It's one of those shows that I at first hadn't gotten around to. And then actually, probably about two years ago, maybe when season two was coming out, um, I did watch the pilot. My wife and I watched the pilot. And oh. I kind of, I liked it. And I was like, I'd watch more. And she wasn't really feeling it. So um, so we just, we just, we didn't continue with it. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of hard to get up the motivation to start a whole new show when the person you'd be watching it with isn't into it. Like, it's like, all right, well, then I guess I'll yes. watch something. Yeah, because then you have to watch it on your own. Right. And then you're like, oh, but I really shouldn't do that because this is our time together. So you end up just putting your own TV feelings and thoughts aside for the other person. We yeah. just say, okay, let's just watch something we both want to watch. So, so the crown uh, sort of fell to the side. Um, but when season four premiered, uh, Marissa was really interested in the Princess Diana aspect of things. And so she started asking oh. around to some of our friends, like, could we just watch the new season or do we have to watch all of it? And people were basically like, I guess you could, but please watch all of it. So mm-hmm. so we watched all of it. And I, we, it was so funny. We rewatched the pilot. And this time it just it just hit right, mm-hmm. and both of us were were very engaged, and uh, and wow, yeah, I I just we tore through it, and I I absolutely absolutely loved it. Um, so I I find myself I, I kind of enjoyed seasons one and two more than I enjoyed three and four. Um, yeah, that's the prevailing that's the prevailing thought, okay. and I, I have thoughts of my own on on that. Um. But um, I, I I have questions because you watched it in a incredibly different way yeah. than um you know than than most than me anyway because mm-hmm. I watched it right from the beginning I was like all in like from beginning of episode one when they were like actually and I was like yes let's do this <laughs> yeah um so everyone likes all the seasons from like it's like every season is great yeah. like this is a show that doesn't it, it like gives you it gives you back every time but because it's getting closer and closer to the modern day there are more and more biases present as we get closer and closer sure. especially from you know like the you know from showrunners and and everything like that because they're older they lived through a good chunk of that so instead of like watching her the beginning of her reign in 1952 or whatever, oh, 53, 54, 52, something like 52. that. Um, 52, yeah. So you watch the beginning of her reign in 52 when she's just 25 years old. And most of the people watching the show 
were not around yet or they were barely around. Right. They didn't have political leanings yet. And so by the time you get to season four and you get to Diana, people have really strong feelings about Princess Diana sure. one way or the other. And and so the show just starts just naturally because people are people. It starts the 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 um the hindsight of history becomes much less bias, uh, much less unbiased, I should say, and it and it veers in different directions on how we, um, on how the showrunners and writers view these uh, these people. Sure, um, they they have so, their own opinions on these people and on these events, and they tend to express them. Mm-hmm. One way or another, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so much, but their opinions come through, um, and their their biases and their um, conceptions or misconceptions about who some of these characters are. Like, yeah, those things come through in the later mm-hmm. seasons more. I don't think that's why I don't enjoy the. Not to say I didn't enjoy it, but that's, I don't think that's why I enjoyed seasons one and two more. Um, necessary. I, I have more. Oh, please. yeah. I I think it's we. I I think uh, for me. I became really attached to Claire Foy. Me too. And and really the whole that whole cast is just stellar. Like they're just everybody. Matt Smith is great. Yes. Claire Foy is great. Vanessa Kirby. Like everybody is on their A game. Even Jared Harris, for the amount that he's in it as George the Sixth, is just so compelling. Yes. So good. Um, like you know he's going to die because obviously she has to become queen right. and the just the enormity of dread that pervades um their um the you know the landscape of the show yes. because it, it is really is really really great um but i think because in the first two seasons especially she's really the underdog if this, so you're kind of rooting for the new kid on the block. You're watching her struggle and and make mistakes and what it's like to be young. She's our age for a good chunk of those seasons, right? She's right in that, and she's really relatable to our generation in in, in that sense. Um, and then you get to the next season, and then you have to become accustomed to the way that they portray the characters yes. um, at a different, you know, at a, at a different time, a different age. They're no longer, let's say, relatable in the way that they were. Like, sure. there's a great... There's a great, great scene in season four where um, the episode where um, Elizabeth's like weirdly deciding which child is the favorite because every parent has a favorite child whether they admit it or not and and she and she says to i think it's andrew it's andrew edward and she's like um that's what i always say that like we're no different than everybody else and they're there in like their giant scottish palace and like (laughs) eating the salmon and like all this stuff and i'm like we're we're no different than everybody else and i'm like you don't even get it you don't even get it um and i loved that and i love that the show really confronts that head on but i think that also makes it's also very much why I think the first two seasons might be just slightly more enjoyable um, than the um, than the the second the, the three seasons three and four. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? That makes sense. I think that that, that does make sense. I, I do think the cast has a lot to do with it. That, that's the first thing that I like. I really was attached to Claire Foy and and Matt Smith in particular, and I really mm-hmm. uh, really loved their portrayal of their characters and. Uh, loved how they 
I loved their like on screen chemistry, and I, I just I, I liked I liked them a lot, and I, I liked a lot of the other like um, uh, agree about Jared Harris. Uh, I also loved. I actually really liked um, Alex Jennings, who played uh, you know Edward the Eighth, who, who abdicated. <laughs> yes, I really liked. Yeah, he's excellent. Character. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. liked Me his too. character, and I really really liked the uh, the storytelling around you know. He and and Queen Elizabeth and how they were sort of linked, you know, by destiny and the whole the 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 early to the first two seasons sort of conceit and and and, and storyline around the crown itself as like an entity and the sort of mm-hmm. um, magic around it and the sort of uh, um, j- just sort of mystery around it, mystique around it. And yep. how much respect, you know, David or Edward VIII had for the institution of the crown, and and I found mm-hmm. it very interesting as, as as something that's kind of foreign to me as an American. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I've always been interested in English things, not not to the point where I would call myself an Anglophile because I don't have the cred, I don't know enough to, um, to call myself that. But I've always been sure, interested. but it's it. always like, but it is it is a shared history to yeah. a certain point, yeah, right? Yeah. Because American history is British history in, until the seventeen seventies, until seven really until seventeen eighty, about eighty one. Um, you know that the, then then we start to really form our own narrative at you know in the mid seventeen seventies. Um, you know, I guess you could argue that maybe like the sixteen maybe the 1600s is our own that's american narrative right but sure. america's not its own thing america's not its own thing until um until the the revolution so um uh so yeah, before that it's it's pretty you know history. when we talk about henry the eighth or whatever else that's also our history right that's you know because that's where many of us uh come from sure so sure yeah I, so i i find that the the respect for the crown as an institution and the and the the reverence that that David has like when at at Elizabeth's coronation when he is having like a, a viewing party with his friends in France and they're they're watching on TV and he's explaining to his friends who are watching the coronation on TV with him but he's really explaining to the audience you know what's what's happening um, I love mm-hmm. that scene and I love how he's like almost jealous that she gets to have a coronation and he didn't um, and. I just there's something about that that is just so it's like a it's like a romance almost where like he has this unrequited love for the crown that he could never he was never able to have it uh, and she has it and he's almost jealous of her in a way. It's this beautiful, beautiful story. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's an interesting read on that, too, because he could have had that. The whole reason that he didn't is and he changed the like the course of British history forever is because that he loved Wallace more than the crown. But did you actually see did you actually they they don't talk about it on the show, but I think maybe they found it after the season had um, gone and premiered and whatever else, but that they found some letters in their home in France where Wallace had basically, Wallace Simpson had basically said like, I didn't love him as much as he loved me. Yikes. And that like, he said like, I'm going to leave, like I'm not going to be King for you. And she didn't have the gumption to stop him, mm. but she like said that like, so basically then she like felt like she was caught in with him 
like because he literally gave up being king of the British, like the king of the United Kingdom, like of of Great Britain, of uh, England, Scotland, and Wales, um, to because she, um, because yeah. So nice. she that's why she 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 like stuck around out of a like a sense of obligation well, to him because just, it got too big it got too big for her which is hilarious because he gave up the biggest obligation like ever to yeah. to be with her yeah. like wow yeah that's amazing uh and slightly awkward but she stayed with him to the mm-hmm. end to her to her credit she did um yeah not that she didn't like him no, it's I just understand. that it was it just got bigger than she wanted it to and i feel like that's probably i mean you watch these four seasons and yes it's fiction it's not the real story so much of it is you know ooh, we know they were on a boat so what do you think they talked about yeah, like the, you know a lot of the, the most of the events are real but the dialogue and and maybe some of the feelings that they're sure. expressing are not Sure, it's like watching Titanic. Like, sure, maybe there were people who loved each other on on that boat, but you know what? The sinking and the fear and the, the that's the real part. Real. The the romance story part of it that that bits of that bits of fiction. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's doesn't make me love it any less no, though. No, it doesn't. And, and I I really really enjoyed it. I, I I love the way it's written. I uh, and and not to give short shrift to seasons three and four because I really do enjoy them uh, four more than three, um, but I really interesting really, really enjoyed the Diana stuff. I think that um, I can't remember the actor who played Diana. I'm going to use my one look up, um, but uh, Aaron Aaron, um, Aaron Kruger. Um. Uh. Use yeah. Use the lookup. Use it. Yeah. I'm using my using the lookup. Um. But she was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Emma Corrin. She was Corrin. incredible. What is it? Emma Corrin. What was the name again? Emma Emma Corrin. I was close. She <laughs> Samsonite. She she is um, on Pennyworth. Oh, okay. Who is she on Pennyworth? Um, Alfred's girlfriend. Oh, cool. Huh? Um, I, only, I only watched the pilot, and I'm pretty sure that that was basically their relationship. Fair. She's fantastic. She looks so much like her; it's scary. Um, there are mm-hmm. some shots where really you could think that it's actually her. Um, it's wild, but she um, she was fantastic. Um, uh, Jillian Anderson as as uh, Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Whoa. She was in incredible she was so so good i kept telling people like every people i know who watch it i was like that's that's molder no that's scully that's scully Scully. yeah like the x-files and everyone would be like i don't watch the x-files i've never watched it i'm like you at least know who molder and scully are like i barely watch the x-files and i know that like come on people yeah oh I know. And then I have people who I know who watch the X-Files who never watched the second of The Crown, so I'm like, I can't win. <laughs> like, you're you're the only one. I think you're the only per- per- person, actually, that I'm like, Frank. I'm the overlap. That was the, Scully. The <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, there's Frank right in the middle, as usual. Uh, um, yeah. No, yeah, in Transformative, in a way that um, um, I also love John Lithgow, actually, I as uh, Winston just, Churchill. I was just thought, going to say I loved him, too, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was he was great. I wouldn't necessarily say he wasn't he didn't really look like Churchill um so much as that but he captured the essence of Churchill and I think that right. is really what I was I was struck with. Yeah, um, it his performance was it wasn't extraordinary. But it was an it was an excellent performance and he really did get the spirit of it and the the you know, he got his persona. Uh Julian Anderson like had the look and the speech pattern and yeah. she really was doing a very good impersonation. Um, really, really, really. Yeah, cool. um, she, uh, yeah. I think essence. Yeah, yeah. Essence. I even again the essence. So this this season, I found it weirdly it pro Thatcher in it like Thatcher the person. Even not if even if you don't agree with her politics, it was pro Thatcher the person. Um, but then, uh, but then it was pro. I found it pro Diana anti-royal family like uh, in a way that season three wasn't like i found like i think that they made a clear delineation in which like we like diana we like we don't like the way the royal family like treated diana yeah um yeah and i i it it almost makes her blameless and it makes charles look like the worst person i know like ever I know. And I think it was my, I think my, I think it was my mom that was somebody was talking. I was talking about my mom, uh, somebody with my mom, and she said, you know, like you know, like she's like they went years of having a happy marriage, like you know, like but you like every second he's like Camilla, I miss you, yeah. I miss you, Camilla, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like and you know like and again that's the television side of things, but I just I guess I wanted to watch just a little bit of them actually just being. Like I know. nice to each other. I did too. As opposed to be like, we promise to be nice to one another and then they're not. It was interesting because I, I did have the impression anyway that they had had, you know, a few years of happiness before things started to really fall apart. Um and that's mm-hmm. not what the show portrays at all, really. Um there's like a few Mm-mm. moments, isolated moments where they're happy or they're being nice to each other or or Charles is sort of like, All right, I'll I guess I'll be faithful to my wife, I guess. Um, there's a few moments like that, but but for the most part, it's like Camilla morning, noon, and night. Camilla before the wedding, Camilla during the wedding, Camilla after the wedding. It's just always been about Camilla, and and I only married you because my family forced me to. Um, and uh, yeah, John and I still as, don't as, know as, if that's true or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Right, like I, I, the timelines are a little a little fuzzy in season four. I'll say, like in some of the previous seasons, they were very good about like giving you like this is november 25th 1964 or whatever mm-hmm. yes um, mm-hmm. and, and and updating you throughout the season as to where we are in time but in season four they were a little they were a little fuzzy about it and they were uh, they maybe for the sake of storytelling and they covered a lot of ground they covered like 13 years tons um in yeah episodes so so um they're moving fast. and that's just season four that's not even season three right right that's just season right four. yeah yeah um but um i i I so I found that a little confusing. I was looking like, is it has it been a, a month, a year? Like, what are we talking about since since the since the wedding or since Thatcher took office or whatever? Like, what what's the? Give me some context here. So I was a little lost about those things sometimes. Um, yeah, Josh O'Connor as Prince Charles, I think, is also really has the like a, a lot of the mannerisms down. Uh, I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss him. He's yeah, he's an actor that I like. I, like a Matt Smith. Like I'm. Like, I miss you. Not like Tobias Menzies is great. He's a great Philip. Yes, it's like a calm, maybe sturdier in his place kind of Philip. I like that. Like 
I liked it, especially in four, his conversation with Diana near the end where he's like, I like I was you like like and even even like the women have like the they're they're like luncheon like the queen mother and and um you know and and uh margaret and they're like as philip did you know they're like we we beat philip down Mm -hmm. we got it Mm -hmm. and and then but they did like that's what's yeah like in this little show show world of things they they certainly did and i just like how they made that connection between philip and and, and diana yeah. that way yeah they there, there are a lot of <laughs> but it, like sort of um connections like that there's sort of two sides to the same coin like like uh, philip and diana like elizabeth and david like like these these are very good sort of parallels or or you know two sides of the same mm-hmm. type of uh uh polar opposites that's right but i will miss josh oak is josh o'connor right mm-hmm. that's his name mm-hmm. um yeah he I've only ever seen him in The Crown, and he was in um, Emma that that um, the with um, Anna Taylor Joy. Uh, he was in, and he hilarious in that. If you want a, a good, if you like anything remotely, if Anglophile, like yeah. anything, I highly recommend. Highly recommend Emma. It was like if Wes Anderson got a hold of a Jane Austen novel oh, and was nice. like, "What can I do with this?" Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, very fun. Very, very fun. Speaking of great um, great scenes towards the end of season four, uh, Olivia Coleman, I think, single-handedly earned her Emmy um, in the scene where she is chewing out Charles uh, because he is complaining about his marriage and he wants to give up on it and everything, and she just tells him to, like, shut the F up, do your job, start acting like a king if you want to be a king one day. Like, I don't want to hear the whining. Your job is to is to do this and you're just going to do it and end of the story. She just yep. tears him a new one. And it was some of the, because she's so reserved for so Lily Coleman specifically had portrayed Elizabeth with a lot of restraint and a lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, even when she was livid with, you know, Thatcher and she, she still kept it very close to the vest. Um, and this is the first time we saw Olivia Coleman's queen Elizabeth, really like explode on someone and she right came at her him. last episode of yes. two seasons last episode of yeah. two seasons and she came at him with all this fury and it was fantastic and like give that woman an emmy for that performance that scene alone fantastic fantastic i agree i agree she was incredible incredible this is, might be blasphemy but I I liked Helena Bonham Carter in these two seasons me too i was not totally enthralled with her performance as Margaret. Um, and I don't really, I, that part of that just might've been like, you got two seasons of Margaret, not really like in it to win it. Like, you know, she had like her one episode in season four and, and that was fine. But it just, Margaret's life was, this is sad to say and a little weird, but like it was more television drama worthy when she was younger. Um, and so there was just a little bit more to get out of Vanessa Kirby than there was of Helena Baham Carter, yes. but she's great. And, and cause she's great in everything. But I just, I felt like there was, I felt like Margaret and Helena Baham Carter maybe got a little shafted for two seasons. That's fair. I, I think that's, I think you're right that like sort of the, more of the dramatic events in her life happened in the period that seasons one and two covered. Uh, and I definitely really came to, um, really came to love Vanessa Kirby 
uh, by the end of season two. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't mm-hmm. all, all the way through, let's be honest, but like I really, really became attached to her, similar to the way that I was attached to Claire Foyer, Matt Smith. And so to see anyone replacing her was hard. But but the fact that it was Helena Bonham Carter, who's obviously fantastic, was like, OK, this is good. This is great. They're replacing her with somebody who's who's awesome. Uh, but you're right. She just didn't have as much to work with, maybe because the events of her life um, that were more TV soap opera worthy um happened earlier so so yeah i think that's i think that's fair that's not a knock on on hbc at all i don't think no 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 i don't think so i was just thinking of episodes that i really liked from these past two seasons and i loved philip's episode when he was enthralled with the um um apollo missions to the moon i loved that uh, yeah part of that because like we also really like nasa and you know that stuff that stuff too but i just loved the like emasculating like 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 fear that he went through and what good came of that and you know stuff like yeah that was great i was really really strong episode i thought that was a very good episode and it was really again really great writing and really great storytelling where he was so so fascinated by them and thought that they were that the astronauts the apollo astronauts were going to be these titans and these these amazing heroic men and when he met them they were just sort of like uh yeah i mean they were just like normal dudes they were just like normal dudes and they kind of were underwhelming to him and then they turn around mm-hmm. and they're asking him questions about like is it true that you have a million horses at the palace tell me all about it and he's like it's just i mean it's fine it's whatever it's oh, it kind of sucks like we me and my wife didn't even want this we were kind of hoping this wouldn't happen until we were older like like as much as he his life it's really a grass is always greener type of thing where he he's like he is disinterested in his own life and thinks that what they're doing is truly great and truly making a mark on humanity and they are just as captivated by the mystique around royalty as he is with the mystique around going to space um mm-hmm. and it's 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 really like it t- kind of takes the wind out of out of his sails it's sort of like a don't meet your heroes type of moment um, that's right but it's uh yeah that's a good one that's a really really good one um yeah one of i think the show the show's strong formula is dichotomy yes. like talking like in conversation with you like even whether it's like a um character dichotomy or or episodic dichotomy that what is the what are we playing off of every single time like i'm going to choose what child is my favorite or it's going to be royalty versus the presidency or it's going to be um you know thatcher versus um you know prime minister versus um prime minister versus the uh, the royal family or it's um um oh i had um you know i i just i had another one and i i just lost it but that's that that's really that's really the strength like it is you know grass grass is always greener or um that's um i mean that's just conflict right that's just it's but it's not conflict i think that's because it's not always a conflict that causes the dichotomy it's just analyzing both sides of the situation oh the where the guy sneaks into the into the palace like you know my side your side that was a really Mm -hmm. good one i had no idea that it happened um, I was not familiar with those events at all. And the fact that the same guy mm-hmm. broke in a few days apart um, was just wild. But yeah, that was a really good example of dichotomy where it's it's showing, you know, Thatcher's side of things, showing his side of things. It's always showing um, Queen Elizabeth in the middle sort of trying to figure out what's what. Um, very, very interesting. I, I can't, it, the whole show gives me a lot of 
sympathy in a sense for her job. Like I didn't really know what the queen's totally job, the sovereign's job was. I just sort of felt like oh, they're just a figurehead at this point. They don't have any actual governmental function. Um, they're just a vestige of the past, and and you know, slowly power has been taken away from them. I didn't realize, you know, that that, there's, that she still does have some actual governmental mm-hmm. duties, minor though they may be, or sort of rarely needed as they might be. They're still important. And that sort of yeah. in the at least conceptually their whole system the way it's the way that constitutional monarchy is meant is designed to work, um, as much as the monarch might be a smaller piece of that today, it still has an important piece in the functioning of the system, um, and and it it was very very telling. But the thing the the biggest message to me that I got for the whole show is that um, the whole family has to put up with a whole bunch of garbage. Uh, most of them are putting up with a lot of, they can't live the lives they want. They can't marry the people they want. They can't do the things that they want. And it's all in service of one person. Like Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth is the only person really who has, she gets the best deal out of everybody in, 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 in the show. As far as the show portrays things. She, That's right. And the worst deal, but yes, also the, the best. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The worst as well. You're right. Uh, for sure. But, but like they are all like, essentially Margaret couldn't marry, you know, uh, uh Peter Townsend. So mm-hmm. that Elizabeth wouldn't be in a bad position, you know what I mean? Like, there, it's right? Not, and I, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating set of circumstances instead of like, it's very complex and it's very like, well, I mean, there's like, yeah, you want to be right by your sister, but you're also like the head of this church and the head of this government. And you're like, what's the, what's the right thing to do? You're supposed to be an example to people, but like, this is the real world, and your sister wants to marry this person. What's the? It's very complex. It's it's not mm-hmm. as, as cut and dried as I once thought. Um, no, and I think it's great to to examine that really nothing is as cut and dry as we want mm-hmm. to think it is. You know, like, why don't you just do that? Like, you're the queen, you're the president, you're the prime minister. Like, that's just not how that's not how these systems work at all. That's not how life works. That's not even how your job in an office works or in a school or in a hospital or like like a doctor can't just be like. Oh, I think this patient needs this. Like, here you go. There's a lot to just, there's a lot to that. You got to run down the check things. Oh, you're like, oh, your head hurts? Well, surgery. Yeah, right. Like, it's always more complicated than we think. And so this mm-hmm. this was really great in showing me some of the ways, in a dramatized way, uh, but it's some of the ways in which some of these situations are more more complex than I, than I might have thought. Um. So I'm very interested in seeing how I know there's two more seasons coming. There was only supposed to be one, but now there's going to be two. It's sort of. It was originally six. It was pitched as it was. I think it was originally pitched as three. Um, Like when 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 he went to when he went to Netflix, um, when the showrunner went to Netflix, he's like, I want to do three seasons. And then and then that transformed into six. And then they were like, nope five's good i know where i want to end it and then in the middle of writing five they were like nope six after all six yeah six after gotcha. all yeah okay. so and it's he it says it's not necessarily going to get closer to modern day it's just going to spend more time delving into um a particular particular areas that they want to spend time in so i think we're going to entrench ourselves in the latter half of diana's life and then whatever maybe comes after whatever comes after that i i I was listening to our friends kirstie and kelsey did an episode on season four of the crown um 
just recently, which I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And they, they were speculating that, um, you know, maybe season five will be Charles and Diana's divorce and, and end with Diana's death. And that maybe season six would cover, Is you know, the the aftermath of the aftermath coverage of that, of that the, the death of the Queen Mother and and um, um, and Princess Margaret and, uh, you know, sort of the early 2000s and, and probably end there. One thing I, I have read is that um, so Harry and Meghan have a um, have a deal with Netflix there. I think they make documentaries uh, or they're they're working mm-hmm. to make documentaries. And as part of that deal with Netflix, they made Netflix promise that they're not going to cover their story on the crown. So that, oh, interesting. Before Harry and Meghan. And presumably it would end before William and Kate. And Kate. I, think, I would assume that it ends before. Yeah, that's just so recent that how do you... It's just... Effectively... And and to your point earlier about like biases and, and opinions getting in there, like how are you not going to portray it in a way that either completely aligns with sort of the media narrative around them or, or, or mm-hmm. completely goes against it or... How can you do that without that not being at the forefront of everyone's mind? Because we all watched them get married less than ten years ago, um, right? So, so it's just yeah. I, I it wouldn't it probably wouldn't be particularly good TV even because like we nope. lived through those those uh, those events. That's right. Most of us lived through and then, Diana's death as well, but it's further right? removed, and you can make some, you know, you can dramatize it somehow. I think um, it, it's a few like. Uh, it's a it's a few of those things, but I think you're right that we like we just lived through it. But there's also this like this group of people, not you know a you know a unified group that you know they watch the Crown on Netflix, this this fiction, uh, and and go well, that's how it happened. That's that's the real life, and you that that's bad enough with media coverage. Never mind, never mind a televised drama on TV. And I think that just for the sanctity of like, cause really the crown is in its own way, a big old love letter to um, the Royal family. And so in its own way to, to the, to the British monarchy. So they just, it would just be good to avoid it. Um, uh, I think in the best interest, in the best interest of everything, I think that they are correct in that. I think we're going to see, one more season of Diana and then another one of the aftermath of, you know, that, that story. I know Elizabeth Debicki is playing Diana in um, the next season. I saw a tweet when she was cast. So like months and months and months and months ago, that was like, let Elizabeth Debicki be tall. You cowards. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So good. Oh, Oh, man. Well, I'm, but uh, the, the new cast is great. I'm looking forward to Jonathan Price as um, as Philip, and um, oh gosh, who else did they cast? Um, I'll use my lookup. That boy, because I haven't yet. Um, I, I haven't had yet. seen. Uh, I didn't recognize most of the names um, when I when I did look it up. Uh, oh, Amelda Staunton is um, is what, going to what play. Do I know her from? Oh, she's Umbridge. Umbridge. Okay, so she'll be the. She's queen. Umbridge from Harry Potter. She'll be the queen. Lensley, uh, Leslie Manville is Princess Margaret. Um, Princess Margaret was fan. I'm sorry, uh, I was thinking of Princess Anne. But Princess Anne was fantastic on. 
Princess Anne, uh, what's her name? Erin Doherty, yes. I think. Yes. Like, the underdog of these two seasons. Yeah, I want a spinoff with Princess Anne. Like, and she was just so great. And not enough, I don't think enough was given to her, but I want more. Fantastic. Yeah, she was so good. Like, yeah. I yeah. love her and it looks like Philip. Same. Yeah, they, they got it. They had, I mean, everybody on... In all four seasons, great chemistry across the board. I recommend some watching some interviews with Claire Foy and Matt Smith because they just thought they were the bee's knees Aww. like each other. They just clearly had a great time working together, and um, it really comes across in 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 their performances. But that's all that's cast right now, as far as this episode is concerned. I mean, I'm sure they'll uh, you know announce it as you know as soon as this episode is done recording. Sure, yeah. But yeah. But I'm super excited. Yeah, I look forward to The Crown. When we did our, like, episodes that define you, like, the TV shows that, like, what should people watch to get a bit of you? The Crown was one of mine. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that, but I can see why now. Yeah. That's great. So So good. good. So good. Anyway. Frank, uh, where can the people find us when we're not hanging? I was going to say when we're not hanging out in Buckingham Buckingham Palace. Why are we... Nice. Good call. Um, you can find us at BeRuthGeeks.com. Uh, you can, there you'll find uh, all of the episodes of our show, the show notes. Like I said, I have some links in the show notes to some things we talked about, like the um, episode uh, of Hate Watch with us where they talked about The Crown Season 4 if you want more of that. Got some links to that. Uh, autocrat coffee milk and things like that uh so check that out at purewithgeeks.com uh you can also find uh there links to uh thoughtbubbleaudio.com where you'll find shows like hate watch with us you'll find uh links to our patreon patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio where you can support all of our shows by helping us uh to keep the lights on and and uh, support us financially during these uh during these strange times you can uh, email us at beerwithgeeks.gmail.com you can find us on twitter at beerwithgeeks you can find us anywhere podcasts are found in any podcast app uh be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, uh, any anywhere, anywhere you can find podcasts, you'll find this one, um, and all the links uh, for those are you so you can subscribe uh, are at beerwithgeeks.com. You know, I, I noticed actually that a fair number of our listeners are listening to us in the web browser uh, on Google Chrome and things like that, and I appreciate that. But it would actually be better for us if you subscribed in in an app like Apple Podcasts or overcast or google podcast or whatever your favorite is it would actually be really good for us so if it's not too much trouble and if that's not a if that's a way you don't let you don't mind listening to podcasts i would i would recommend that very much another thing that helps us is leaving us ratings and reviews in places like apple podcasts or anywhere else you listen but apple Podcasts in particular is a great way to get uh recognized and 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 discovered so if if you've got a moment please leave us uh, a quick rating or review on apple podcasts a quick star rating is fine if you want to write a review that's great too and anything you can do there goes a long way to help us. So thank you all so much for listening uh, and uh, have a jolly good day to you. So. Well, that was that was so nice, Frank. I, I wish you a, go- a jolly good day as well. I don't I don't know. But also, cheers. To, to, no, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Frank, that's fine. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>